Welcome to another episode of the Marriage Mentor Podcast with Eric and Jolene Engel, where Eric and Jolene answer marriage questions for believers, looking at the root of the problem instead of the symptom, always while applying God's wisdom and word for a Christ-centered marriage. Okay, phone's off, kids in bed. It's time for the Marriage Mentor Podcast with my beautiful wife, Jolene, and I'm Eric Engel. Hey, what do we got today? Today we have a different approach. Every now and then we take more of a preventative teaching slant to the podcast. Oftentimes we answer um, marital concerns or problems. And although I like to give the listener an opportunity for hey, how can we prevent this problem in those podcast episodes? Today, we're, we're just going straight to, let's not do this, okay? <laughs> you know, let's board off these problems before okay. they, they come to a head in our marriage. So today's show is titled, Two Ways a Couple Could Snuff Out Their Love and Romance. And I got to tell you, I see it all the Time. Snuff out their love and their romance. <laughs> That's right. That's my gentle way of putting it. Okay. All right. So two ways. Obviously, obviously, you had uh, two ways in mind. I mean, there there's more than two ways. Obviously. Yes, but right? you know, those other 555 ways could be in in several other podcast episodes. Okay. Excellent. So, what are your two ways? The first way is by for example, the wife acting like she is the parent of her husband or vice versa. The husband acting like he is his wife's parent. Yeah, there ain't no <laughs> ain't no sex happening in that marriage very often. So we see that happen often, don't we? We do. And, you know, it's, it's fine because we see it both ways. Now... I don't know what your take is on it. Uh, if you see it more from the woman towards the man or the man towards the woman. Do you, uh, do you well, think one is more than the other? No, I think they're even across the board and it's full-blown cringeworthy when I see it because it's just like, really? You know, don't, don't act like her dad. Don't act like his mom. I mean, that, that right there is just a recipe for a platonic marriage amongst other issues. Okay? Right. Well, we probably talked about this before, but I got a story. And you know which one? When we does it, does it include a banana? <laughs> it does include a banana. <laughs> yes, that's a that's a story that we've I've heard that you've used many times, and that happened. Gosh, probably fifteen years ago. Well, look, uh, I only have so many stories. My life's not very very exciting anymore so you got to bear with me with the the only five stories i got but that's one of them more than five but anyways so so let's let's talk about this problem i mean first of all the guy and the gal they get married right okay uh normally are they do they have that problem when they're dating of course not there's no way no way on this god's green earth that that single woman is momming him on a date okay because the date would be at some point the man would be like yeah you know there's no spark there and she's not looking for a daddy on the date i she's looking for provision and protection but she's looking 
she's looking to be loved. She's looking for attention, but not not a daddy attention. Okay. She's looking for a a chemistry, a spark. Okay, so for those of you who are not married yet, if you are looking for a daddy or a mommy, you better change your relationship right now. Yeah, and yeah, the- that's that's not a good thing. I mean, it's one thing to admire, you know, maybe your your dad and how he treated your mom and vice versa. But it's another thing to kind of crave that affection. I mean, I wasn't raised with a, an affectionate father. He was a very emotionally distant dad. There right. was no relationship there. But I didn't look to replace that. You, you didn't want that lack of emotion? Well, I didn't feel, you know, I let God be God. Does that make sense? That it's just like, right. this is, this was the family, you know, the Lord put me in and, but it's my relationship with the Lord that trumps everything else. And so that obviously had to be healthy in spite of my earthly relationship with my, with my parents. Okay. okay. So, so let's, let's go a little deeper and, and talk about uh, maybe just some examples. I mean, when you talk, I mean, it's a pretty simple concept. Uh, to act like their parent. Right. Now, a lot of times you'll have a a more aggressive or what I want to say a domineering type of guy with a more passive type of gal. Right. And a lot of times that he'll take on that role of of just telling her, "Look, you need to do this, you need to do that. I want this done by the time I get home, etc., etc., etc." Right. Right? Right. <laughs> Or, <laughs> and I just, I, I have to laugh because he doesn't realize how that just removes really her, that feminine sexual side to a wife. The romance. Absolutely. He just puts her in like slave mode, you know. Okay. And then there's the other side where the guy could probably take care of himself, but now she comes along and she tells him, how he should do this or that, how he should make a sandwich, how he should, or maybe, I don't know, how he should put on his shoes or how he should... Uh, how wh- he should dress. Right. Everything, down to the point of how he should drive. Right. You know, but that's an, that's another one. I mean, that's because you're the, the wife is in there as the passenger. And so I say that lightly, you know, how he should drive, because we, we talk about backseat drivers, you right. know, but... Really, what it comes down to is how did you feel he drove when you were dating? You know, I mean, there's times I've said to you, I'm not driving with you. Right. Yeah. Well, right. And, you know, there's nothing there's nothing that destroys destroys that spark, that romance, romance, that relationship more than dating your mother. I mean, yeah. I don't, you know. I don't want to date my mother. Right. Uh, obviously, you don't want to date your father. No. Okay. No. But uh, couples seem to think that that's... And a lot of times, here here you'll have maybe a, a more domineering type of gal with a more passive type of guy. And he just kind of uh, sits, sits into, you know, whatever she tells me to do that makes her happy. I'll just let her tell me and, and I won't fight it or anything like that. But he... He feels emasculated in the process. She feels bitter because now she's carrying 
all the responsibility. Well, okay. Even if he doesn't feel emasculated, Mm -hmm. I'd have to say right now, men, if you're listening right now, you should feel emasculated. (laughs) Okay. Okay. I mean, get some guts and be a man. Right. So, you know, I mean, a a real simple example. I'm going to share my story, but we were on, we were on a trip at one point and uh, it, it was some other couples on this trip as well. And the wife says to the husband, before we headed out to do our activity, uh, his name, she says, oh, you need to eat a banana. Okay. And I think he was so used to being told what to do that he, he just fell in line. It's like, okay. <laughs> okay. Now that, that was like, that was like a dart to the, between my eyes for me. It was just like, are you kidding me? You know, I don't, I know how to eat a banana. I know when I need to eat something and I know when I need to go to the bathroom. I need, I know when I need to do things. You know, I'm a big boy. And and I think I said to you. Oh, no. At that point, you hadn't. I hadn't? You hadn't said that to me at that point. Now that I think about it, here's the story. Because we were just married uh, this past week. 21 years was our wedding anniversary. And on this trip... It was, we had gone with a bunch of couples and it happened to be our fifth wedding anniversary. So it's been 17 years and our kids were really, really little and we're in mommy mode 24 seven. And I may have been in the kitchen when that was spoken. And I may have even looked at you like, are you kidding me? Do we look look across the room? (laughs) And I thought, there ain't no way. I would ever say that to you. I was probably cross-eyed at that point. Right, now, right. It, now, was, it was a sucker punch. Now, you know? I, I realize, let's say he's 100 years old and he's senile. Right. That might be something different. Right. Okay. You know, you need your insulin, hun. You know, that's a little bit different than you need to eat a banana. And I'm over there just thinking, there's no way I would want to move into that position to mother you. Because... I know that I know that the spark would the flame would would be snuffed out. Right. Right. And and being the personality I am, it's just like I don't like being told what to do to begin with. Right. Neither one of us. You does. know, <laughs> let alone my wife telling me when I need to eat or what I need to do. Well, it's funny because the weekend continued and do you want to share this or you want me to share it? You you go ahead and tell it. Okay. The weekend continued and I'm not participating in some of the extracurricular activities just because based on the weather and based on my health. So I stood back and stayed in the condo and then you had gone off, you know, with this couple and, and spent the day and then you came home and then all of us went out to dinner. Now, right. We're in this large vehicle that seats many, and there's one couple up front, they're doing the driving, and then you and the husband of this wife are in the in the middle row of this vehicle, and this wife and I are in the back seat, okay? And I don't know what has transpired throughout the day with Earlier you. in the day. I had no idea, because you just got home, it was snowing, it's rainy, it's just a mess, and and we all just kind of piled into the vehicle and went to dinner. So I know no stories, okay? But I'm in the back seat, and you're in, in the seat right in front of me. I'm directly behind you. And this wife pokes my shoulder, 
And I turn and she's basically speaking in sign language at this point, motioning. She's not speaking out loud. Now, I don't know sign language, but she's motioning to me these things that should be taking place. And so she pokes me and I turn and I look at her and then she tells me in no words that basically you need to put on your seatbelt. Okay. Right. And I see that your seatbelt's not on because I'm directly behind you and I can see that the seatbelt clasp is still up top. And I turned to her, again, mind you, not knowing any stories that day. And I said, out loud, okay? There's no sign language on my part. I said, he's a grown man. If he wants to put on the seatbelt, he'll put on the seatbelt. Okay? That was my response. Mm-hmm. So what happened earlier in the day, love? Well, earlier in the day, I was riding in the front seat and she proceeded to tell me that I needed to put on my seatbelt. <laughs> okay? And I, I looked around and checked myself and realized that I was a grown man. And uh, I, I think I probably told her that, uh, you know, I, I don't feel the need to put on a seatbelt. Okay? Because I'm an adult, uh, her husband is not going to get a ticket for me. Right. You know, if this is long before we had those laws in California. Right. But if we get pulled over, I'm the one that's getting the ticket. Right. And I'm taking the chance. And and so. so, Yeah. So basically she was parenting her husband that morning. And parenting me. Then she was parenting my husband that afternoon and then parenting me that evening. Right. Okay. So what what we need to remember as wives is whatever children that God has given you, you have the responsibility to parent them and only them. Okay. I don't have the responsibility to parent my husband. God has not given me that responsibility, nor do I want it. Now, when we do act like that, because every now and then we will say to each other something along those lines, and and we've just kind of learned, we'll both say, you're not my dad, you know, or you'll say, you're not my mother. And it's just a quick way to kind of like put us back into the role that we have as husband and wife. Well, and and I'd have to say this, gals, if you want to, if you really want to turn your husband on, encourage his, his masculinity. Right. Okay. Now it doesn't mean that, that uh, you encourage him to be dangerous or sinful. Act like a fool. Right. But, but still, sometimes we want to just go out and I don't know, run in the mud or, or whatever we're doing. It's just like, if I have a wife that says, hey, go do that. You know, you're, you're a man. Go do that. Uh, I'll give you another example. Okay? <laughs> I know what it is. We, None of this is scripted either. <laughs> uh, it's not scripted. But uh, we were at our first place, our first house that we bought. And I had some fruit trees, some orange trees out there. And the rats were getting up in my tree and eating the oranges, you know. So I I think I put some poison out there. And one night, it's about 11 o'clock at night. And I'm looking out there, seeing if there are any rats, like, running up the tree or anything. Well, I see what looks like a large rat, which is not a rat, but it was a possum. And that thing was in our yard or up the tree. I don't remember exactly where it was. And... I said, and I know it's 11 o'clock at night, and I said, there's a possum out there. And you said to me, now, look, as a guy, I see something like that. It's in my domain. I want to kill it. Now, if you guys don't hunt or whatever, that's fine. But, you know, I'm one of those guys. I see it. I want to kill it, right? 
but I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, well, I got my wife here and I, I'll just leave it go. And you looked at me, you said, well, you said something like, what are you waiting for? Go kill it. Right. I said, don't just stand there. Go kill it. Right. At which point I grabbed a pellet gun that I have. And I think I put on your slippers because you I couldn't find mine. And I headed out there to shoot this thing. And at the same time, I think you found my <laughs> flip-flops and you're out there in my <laughs> flip-flops right behind me. Hey, right. guys, I mean, what a turn on. Your wife is right behind you encouraging you to be a man. I mean, <laughs> you know, I just, I just love that, you know. And uh, we did take care of the possum and, and such, but the story is better than taken care of. I mean, the story was fantastic. And, and that's one of the, uh, how long ago was that? I mean, that was, we didn't have kids, so that was... That was 20 years ago. Yeah, over 20 years ago. Okay. I still remember that. That's still one of those things that encourages me, that makes me feel warm about you, because you were encouraging me to be who I was. Now, it doesn't mean that, that a guy has to be a hunter or whatever, but whoever he is, you know, if, you, if he's got a gal that's encouraging him to be who he is... You know, as long, like I said, as long as it's not sinful, right. it's not putting her in danger, okay? I mean, go for it. So really what the wife needs to learn is what is the difference between encouraging him, helping him, and mothering him? Because they're all very different. Okay. You know, well, I mean, because mine was really almost like a command. I mean, you would have thought me saying, what are you waiting for? Don't just stand there. Go kill it. Right. Would have been like, you need to eat a banana. How How is that different? Do you understand what I'm saying? Well, how does a wife listening to this really discern the difference between, but wait a minute, I'm called to be his helper because the Bible does say that. I'll tell you the difference. Here's the difference. Let's say that I, I wanted to eat a banana a day. Mm -hmm. Okay. I told you, hey. But for health benefits, whatever, I need to eat a banana every morning. Okay. Can you help me remember to do that? Right. Okay. Now that's different. Now you're being a helper. You're right. not being my mother. Okay. But if I didn't ask for it, then I don't, I don't need you telling me what I need to do. Okay. So you, in that instance, you knew who I was. Right. Okay. You weren't mothering me to go take care of this, this animal. You knew who I was. As a matter of fact, I was probably like a, like a dog looking out the window at this thing. Like, I want to kill that thing. I want to kill that thing. And, and you knew who I was. And so you encouraged me to be who I was. So her really kind of studying her husband will help her. Because we have our younger son that that would never, ever cross his mind. He right. would never go do something like that. So, you know, obviously he'll need a wife that isn't as aggressive you know, to where it almost seems like she's more of the masculine one. It's which just is, like... Which is fine. Right. All, all she needs to do is learn who he is. Right. And and encourage him to be who he is, who God made him to be. Right. When you got a gal like that, that will encourage you uh, to be who God made you to be. I mean, that's just a fantastic thing. Rather than trying to turn you or mold you or shape you into someone God did not make you to be. Right. That's, you know, that's more what a mother does. And it's fine with kids. Well, I mean, we're biblically commanded to do that. I mean, we do shape our kids. And the difference right. is we shape a child, we influence a husband. And so a wife has to remember that, that it's not the same. You're in a different position. You are, 
you there is a biblical mandate to shape that child. But so often we get lost in being the helper across the board and then we start trying to shape our husbands. And it's just like that position, that lowercase h that is in Genesis, that is not uppercase h that's reserved for the Holy Spirit. Uppercase right. h in scripture talks about the helper, the Holy Spirit. Lowercase h is the helper, the comparable one, the complement that we are to our husbands. So you have to be able to define the difference between helping and mothering. Yes. Okay, so let's go the other side. You know, a lot of guys, especially the dominant personalities, they just want people to fall in line. Okay, and they marry a gal and they expect her to just fall in line. Hey, you know, I want you to do this, 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 and this. More like she's an, an assistant or a secretary or right. a, or an employee. Hey, I pay you, so you need to right. do this. Right. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I knew one wife and I just, I just like, I'm sure my mouth just like dropped open for I don't know how long when I heard this, but you know, we were out doing some activity that day with the kids and she told me that her husband said to her, while he's gone, she needs to get on that treadmill for so long that day. And I had heard another husband who told his wife that she needs to do lunges, that it was just like, <laughs> what in your right mind? I mean, who are these men? I mean, I was just floored to hear these things. That it's just like, um, so wait a minute. You're now my dad. Okay. If you had said that garbage to me, I'd have been like, go pound sand. There uh, ain't well, no way I'm doing any of that. Uh, here's what. You, here's exactly <laughs> what you would have said to me. If I would have said, you need to go run on the treadmill... You would have said, you need to shut up. <laughs> right. I mean, I would just been been so um, belligerent to hear you and, and indignant, totally indignant. That it's just like, I'm sorry, you're talking to the wrong gal. The last time I checked, let me look at my finger. I have a wedding ring on it and I'm your wife, not your daughter, not your, your slave, your whatever, fill in the blank. Okay, well, as a husband... See, there is a difference between commanding and leading. Right. And and the problem is, is a lot of husbands say, well, I'm, I'm the head of the home, and so you need to do what I say, right? Right. That's not how it works. You're supposed to lead. You're supposed to treat her as Christ taught or tre treated the church. And what was that? I mean, he laid his life down for the church. Right. Right. No, he didn't. He didn't sin. He didn't compromise or any of that sort of thing, but but still. And, and by the way, Jesus wasn't wasn't walking around pointing his finger at people, saying, "You know, do this or else." Right. <laughs> you know. Well, he was a shepherd leader, right? And that's what every husband should strive for, in spite of whether they have a dominant or a passive personality. Right. Well, the sheep follow the shepherd. Right. He doesn't walk behind them and try to herd them. They follow him because he leads. So, you know, let's let's say that you want your wife to, uh, you, you think she needs to run, you know, some laps or whatever, okay? First of all, number one, you better be doing twice as many laps as she's doing, number one. And number two, you better wait till she says, hey, I'd like to join you. Right. Okay. Right. And, and, I, he could encourage because sure. 
you know, there's nothing wrong with saying, hey, do you want to go take a walk? Hey, do you want to go for a run? Well, here's a perfect example. Just last week, you know, I'm I'm out running on a regular basis. You're out running on a regular basis. And then one mon- Monday morning rolls around and it's just like, I'm not running. I'm sick and tired of running. And you're like, come on, let's go. And I'm like, no, I'm not going, you know, because I don't have this sense of your parenting me. I know you're trying to encourage me and it's just like, no, I'm tired. I don't feel like going. Well, I finally decide, okay, yeah, I'm going to go. Okay. Right. But it was my decision. Well, did I did I keep on you and say, no. come on, come on? No. It's like, you but don't want to go. it was my decision. You don't want to go. You, you tried to encourage and I'm like, you would encourage me all day long, but I'm not coming. And then I make up my mind. Okay, I'm coming. Okay. But it was my decision. You know, that's what it comes back to is you weren't nagging just like how we wouldn't we wouldn't encourage a wife to nag that's just like you get nowhere with nagging you know if anything they're gonna dig their heels in even more i know i would if you started nagging me la 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 i'm not listening (laughs) okay because it's it's not with the you're not hearing the whole picture or seeing the whole picture when the nagging's like kind of taking place in my opinion from a woman's perspective that's just like, oh, he only wants to have his way. Okay. So, so then what's the second what's the second way? Okay, that, so let uh, me remind them the first way is by treating your spouse like they're that you're their parent. So don't mom or dad one another. That's how you can snuff out the love and romance. <laughs> right. Okay. And the other way is when you only act as parents. Okay? Because so often you just stay in the parent mode was, you never get out of parent mode so here is here is the world's new identity is yes. that the world is you know it's all about the children uh-huh. okay and i i had a gal once say well when i was a kid i got i had my chance and now it's now it's their time okay well it isn't number one it's not their time they're a blessing to the parents not the other way around now you know i'll do anything for my kids but that is not my identity. Right. And it should never be. And I don't know if you'd say it's more, a lot of times it's more the mom's identity than it is the husband's oh, or the, the father's. Hands down. But st- either way, your identity cannot be as the parent of the kids. The marriage comes first. Right. Right. Okay. Well, when the marriage is all about the kids, you know. And, and, and kids, man, they just do. They suck the life out of you. I mean, we just had last week, the week, you know, of our anniversary. There's just like our kid comes home. Oh, I think I'm, my finger's broken. And the next thing you know, we're at urgent care and taking care of a broken finger. That's just like, really? We got to deal with this now? You know, and he's 19. So <laughs> right. he, he's not four where it's no longer, you know, a dislocated elbow or. But there's always something. There's always something with the kids and it's their kids. You know, we raise them up, but you you have to make sure that you don't lose sight of the marriage in the midst of the parenting. So how do you how do you keep from changing that focus? Because let's face it, they show up and they're squawking all the time. Okay, <laughs> they they're squawking all the time, and they they need something. Yes, right. And you might think, well, my husband he can kind of take care of himself, so I gotta I gotta tend to this one or these. You know, in my early years of being a mom, wow, they were, they were very difficult. They were exhausting physically. Um, You never had a second. I felt like I never had a second to myself. And, 
Well, you don't. I mean, as a mom, you go into the restroom and you see the little fingers come under the door. Mommy, are you in there? (laughs) I can remember thinking, woohoo, I get to go on a field trip all by myself because I have an appointment with the gynecologist. That it's just like, that's just horrible. That's just horrible to think that, okay, I have my yearly checkup that, you know, I can't bring my kids. And so you do have to carve out time. You have to be intentional. You have to prioritize. And I'm a natural planner. That's in my my bent it's in my temperament my personality but that's not in every woman's personality and so if they don't protect their their investment of their marriage they're going to end up with a broken marriage because they spent all this time tending to johnny because johnny has they always have needs those kids always have needs you have to be able to say you know what you're not bleeding from your eyes you're okay well and it's not it's not just because they have needs a lot of times they've been hurt by their husband. Oh, and, sure. And so it's easy just to retreat from that and to pour into your little ones because for the most part, until they get to be teenagers, they're appreciative. And they're, well, you but know. still, there, there could still be times when my kids are in a, a more of an emotionally safe place than if I were to look at you between husband and wife because you could, you could hurt my heart. Okay, or you cannot give enough. And my kids and I, we have a totally different relationship. You know, we could certainly, I could certainly put all my time and efforts into them and feel emotionally closer to them and emotionally safer. Right. Okay. So whether they're three, 10 or 17 and 19, like my kids are, that it's still a very, um, easy way for a wife to feel emotional closeness and intimacy with other human beings that are a safer place for her emotionally than her husband. So let's talk about some practical ways of practicing that for each other. I know one way that you did it for me, which is really simple, but at mealtime, you know, when the kids are like, I'm hungry and I, you know, reaching for this or that on the table, it's like, you would say your father gets served first. Right. That was a way that you showed me that, hey, you come before the kids. Yes, and I was also teaching them teaching them the biblical order of the home. You know, because what do they understand at age one? Nothing. They understand nothing, you know, and, and two, three, four, five, I mean, again, I'm showing them a representation of what a Christian marriage looks like and what a Christian family looks like. The only the only way they're gonna learn that is by what we do in the home. Right. And, you know, to be able to say, no, I'm going to go talk to your dad or, or, or you're going to have to talk to your dad about this. They know, hands down, even today, my kids age, they, one of them said, well, I don't want to talk to daddy because he's going to say this and I didn't want to share it with you. And, you know, because you and him are one. And, and I said, and, and they said, and he's the head of the home. And I said, well, who do you think influences the head? I do. Okay. So they they bring in that that viewpoint of whatever really the mother has spent time teaching them and what what is of value to her okay so let's look at the other side uh you've been with the kids all day long i come home daddy 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 yep okay and and you're exhausted and you probably want to talk to an adult right rather than kids all day okay how can i as a husband Although I know this answer, but I want you to answer it. How can I, as a husband, uh, 
put you first before the kids in that situation? Well, you used to tell them, let me hug and kiss mommy first, you know, because they, they, they're now clinging to you and your legs. Right. And you would also tell them, okay, I'll talk to you after I talk to mommy. Because we would, we would establish just some time on the couch. You know, it might be five minutes. It might be 20 minutes, depending on their age. Or depending on your husband's job, it would be like, hey, allow your husband to come home. Maybe go change his clothes. I know I have a friend whose husband does um, manual labor. So he's he comes home as a grease monkey. Okay, He ain't going to be sitting on no couch talking to his wife until he gets out of the shower. You know, so a lot of it is just dependent on, you know, what is your husband's profession? Does he need to have like maybe five or 10 minutes to decompress when he gets home? And then does he turn to you? Because a lot of marriages, they're not, the husband's coming home, but they're not turning to each other after they've, you know, come home from the workplace. They dive right back into their responsibilities. And then you wonder why the relationship is you know, so distant. Right. And, you know, we don't do this. I won't, I won't disparage others that do, but I've seen some people where they call each other mama and papa, Mm -hmm. right? Mom and dad. But they, yeah, but they refer to each other that way. Right. Okay. For us, that's just, that ain't going to work because all of a sudden, that changes our relationship, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was interesting because when I had my firstborn and I started to see that, I remember turning to you at one point and saying, don't ever call me that. You know, because <clears throat> for me, it it tears off the label of wife. And I knew that I needed to keep wifehood at the forefront because if the marriage isn't at the forefront, then the family will eventually break down. I mean, when I look at on our uh, wedding invitations, it's got the Song of Solomon, verse 3, 4 on that. I found the one I love. I held him and would not let him go. So I don't didn't ever want to lose our love affair. And it's very easy to have parenting cause that without... You know, these are these are great parents that want what's best for their kids. But what's best for their kids is for a husband and wife, a mother and father that that love each other for their for their kids to see that. And right. To show it. Right. Right. So those would be my uh, my two two ways a couple could snuff out their love and romance is one act like their parent and two only act as parents. You know, you got to act like friends and lovers. The Bible's clear on that. There's biblical principles all throughout it about the husband, you know, rendering to his wife the affection due to her and likewise also to the wife, to the husband. And obviously, we, when God made Adam and Eve, he didn't initially make them as parents. He made them as husband and wife. So keep the biblical priority. Keep first things first. Right. Well, and, and I would recommend that uh, you sit down with your wife or you sit down with your husband after this. And just ask, do I make you feel that way? Do I focus on the kids? Do I do I make you feel like I'm your mother or your father? Uh, you know, and be open. You know, obviously, you want to be gentle when you have this discussion. Yeah, be open, but not rude. Right, right. Well, I have to say that because sometimes, sometimes when you do an exercise like this to... 
um, better your marriage. Sometimes people can't handle the constructive criticism. They immediately go into lashing out or shutting down. And that's not the point of the exercise. The point of the exercise is to get closer to each other, right. not, not punch each other. Uh, well, and, and the simple answer would be, well, I, I would really like if you did this first, or I would really like if you uh, greeted me at the door before you know, you're dealing with the kids, or I would really like if you spent time with me when you came home from work etc. I mean, you know, you need to communicate. And that's a whole nother podcast. But communication, it's really simple if you're kind to each other. Right, right. But you know, trust has been broken, grudges have been held. So obviously, that's another podcast as well. But the point is, make sure you're not, you know, doing these parenting things in your marriage. And if you are just, you know, make an effort to say, yeah, I'm not going to do that anymore. Or, hun, I realize that I've done that. I'm going to work really hard to not do that. You know, show some humility because, you know, even Eric and I have, we've parented each other over the course of our marriage because we naturally go into that role. We naturally go into, you know, hey, you should do this. And it's just like, nope, don't want to hear it, you know. (laughs) And that might not be the intent. The intent might not be to parent, but it could feel that way. So you and I are really quick to say, no, well, don't cross that line. We tend to give a lot of advice to a lot of people to begin with. Right. And a lot of times we tend to want to do that to each other. And it's, and it's, it's not needed. It's not right. Look, you don't need my advice unless you ask for it. Right. Right. So sometimes even us, we will blur the line between encouraging and giving advice and so what we try and do is ask the question instead. How would you feel about this? Or what do you think about that? Instead of kind of putting on them that they need to eat a banana. <laughs> so those are my thoughts. Well, well at this point, it's, it's a joke. If you told me, hey, you need to eat a banana, <laughs> I'd probably say, well, you need to shut up. Yeah. You know, but that would be in, in a loving, <laughs> joking. joking way. Right, right. So uh, that's enough on that. We will touch on the other 998 <laughs> ways in another podcast. That I'm a couple Eric. could snuff out their love and romance. Yeah, snuff yeah. out. I snuff love that, the, that term. Well, because think about it. There was a spark when, when we met, when we dated, when we got engaged. You know, and, and I always want couples to be mindful of the spark. That's what caused you to enter into marriage. And we have to be very diligent to really, I go back to Song of Solomon 3, 4. I found the one I love. So if I found you, here's the next one. It says, I held him and would not let him go. So do your best, wives, to keep holding on to him. You know, and husbands, do your best to render the affection that is due to her. Not just you want to have sex with her, but the affectionate side. Because you're responsible for keeping that spark lit. Nobody else is. Right. Right. I'm Eric Engel. And I'm Jolene Engel at JolieneEngel.com. Until next time.